Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Chris Chaffee Sr. and Jr. They tell their story today about how they moved from Chicago, Illinois to Louisville, Kentucky in, I believe it was 2008, and they've really enjoyed living in Kentucky. Chris Chaffee Jr. went into a boxing gym at the age of nine, and as they say, the rest is history. He met Coach Abdullah Amanov of House of Warrior Boxing Gem, and Chris has now went on to enjoy a 12-2 and amateur record thus far, and he appears poised to continue that amateur career and one day to have a professional career. But beyond that, I find both Chris, his father Chris, and also his mother, the whole family is just so pleasant, and they are so filled with gratitude. And appreciation. Every time I talk to Chris Sr., he's always talking about how how good God is and how, uh, you know, thankful they are to have their church community and things like that. Earlier this year, as we discussed in the episode, Chris did have some very serious health issues. And so they went through some very difficult times. But I appreciate both Chris Jr. and Sr. for joining me today. If you want to support the podcast, specifically a good way to do that is send me a health insurance referral. I'm actually licensed in 14 states, including Illinois, but of course here in Kentucky, Florida, many states across the country. Uh, Someone who's turning 65 soon will be going on to Medicare would be a great referral for me. The details for the sponsor of the Kelly the sponsors of the Kelly Patrick show are as follows. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare-eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Chris Chaffee Sr. and Chris Chaffee Jr. What's up, what's up? Appreciate you both coming on the show with me. Before we started recording, we were 
talking a little bit about your backstory, Chris, or I'll say senior. You are originally from Chicago yeah. due to job opportunities, maybe some safety issues well, for a family. You decided maybe two thousand eight to move to, to Kentucky. My wife's mother and uh my mother in law, she was out here in Louisville and she told her to come on down, it's a great opportunity. So we packed up and left. And you've been happy with Louisville? I've been happy with Louisville ever since. Okay, about fifteen years ago. Fifteen years ago. Okay. And Junior, Chris, um you it, it Fourth grade, you a friend handed you a flyer to start boxing. Is that right? Uh huh. My friend Anthony. Okay, and he he kind of said, "Hey man, you should come come check out check out boxing." Yeah, like me and Anthony, we go way back. Like we would have so many like good moments and fun moments. Is this and, someone I would recognize from the gym? Yeah, um, Anthony was like one of like the like the big contenders for our gym. For a while, like him, uh, him, Amir, and like you, you, know, you might know his dad, Hector. Hector. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I do, yeah, okay, yes, yep, yep. okay. And uh, he he said I should take a swing by the gym, see how I like it, and I was like, I might as well because like, like it was just very fun, just just, just doing stuff with my friends. So I was like, I might as well take up the hobby. Prior to that, Chris Jr., what did you know about boxing? I wasn't too educated on boxing, but I knew like like the greats, like like the big names, like Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard. Okay, did you think it was kind of cool? Oh yeah, I, I thought the sport was was entertaining and like and just funny, just seeing seeing people go at it for twelve rounds or fifteen rounds. Okay. I've got this theory where I think most men, if they're being honest, would admit boxing's pretty cool. That's like one of the things I that, agree. I agree. right? I mean, who's not gonna at least First acknowledge that, like Floyd Mayweather? Yeah, he can. He's he's pretty slick with the boxing. He's very talented. Right. And it's legitimate striking. I mean, it's has a practical value if necessary. So I believe um, what's turned into a hobby at first is now turned into a passion for Chris. Chris, yeah, okay, he loves it. So yeah. fourth grade, you started boxing. You were age what? Nine. Nine, nine years old. Okay. Um, did you all originally, when you got started at House of Warrior at that time over on Naomi, did you think you were going to actually be competing or was it just going to be like a hobby? You go in there and train or at what point did you decide to start competing? I mean, like coach, coach just saw like a lot of like progression and then he was like, eventually we're going to have to get you a couple matches. How, how long did that take before he said that? Less than two years. Like, okay. Okay. Like I started in By February. age 11. I started in February, and then the same year in November, Coach had took took a group of us to to the gym out. Uh, Blaze boxing. We went to Blaze boxing, did some sparring, and Coach was amazed. He was like, he was like, by maybe like maybe like August of of, of twenty twenty, uh, no, August twenty nineteen. We'll uh we'll, we'll get you a fight, and then from there it's history. So how many um, amateur fights have you had so far? What's your record? As of now, I've had fourteen. What's your record? And I have won 12, and I've lost twice. Okay. That's over the last past six years? Mm-hmm. And I, as I was saying off air, started at age 32 as a hobby kind of boxing. So, I, you know, I do go in there. I get to do a little work with Chris. And to describe your style and to try to articulate that to the listeners would be kind of difficult. How would you describe yourself as a boxer, Chris? Like... I'm like, 
I would categorize myself as someone who's trying to take a little from everybody, seeing what what these greats do good and and try to like implement that into my style. Okay, you seem to switch from orthodox to southpaw pretty easily. Mm-hmm. You're comfortable in both stances, correct? Yeah, I started practicing uh, southpaw around when uh, COVID was like shutting down everything, and coach would open up the gym and allow a few few of them to train. I would come in and I would just work on something new because I feel like if you if you're able to switch from orthodox to southpaw uh, fluently, like it will it will elevate your gameplay and your style. Yep. Agreed. I mean, see Terrence Crawford, for example. Oh, he's a he's a beast. I've heard people say maybe he's the best at switching from orthodox to southpaw and back and forth in the history of the sport. I think Freddie Roach, maybe Freddie Roach, someone said that, that he was the best at it because he has power. He can switch southpaw and then he's throwing like a real strong jab with his right hand or the, you know, the other way. I mean, it's, it all looks like it's equal on both sides. Yeah, especially when he did the spins on the 28th. Like, like his southpaw jab, he was sticking it through Terrence Scott. I mean, through uh, Errol Spencer's uh, guard. Like, Errol Spencer was throwing the lazy jab, and Terrence Crawford, he capitalized, and he kept on shooting the jab through the guard. So, Chris, 12-2 and two is your record so far. Do any of your amateur fights stand out in particular as being memorable? Yeah. Uh, I say um, so when probably uh, – this year, January, when I went out to uh, Toledo for uh, regionals, that was a challenge for me. Why? Mainly because, like, I because of the guy's experience. Because, like, his, his his record was up there. Like, he has over thirty fights. So the way amateur boxing, and I'm not an expert on it, but it is, is it's new people kind of compete against each other. But then once you get over, is it like ten fights? Yeah, I, I think like something like that. 12. And then you're like in a whole different league. Yeah, does that sound about right? Like you, the st- the competition goes up. So you were fighting your fourteenth fight, and you went against someone who had how many fights? He he had a, at least thirty two. Okay, so that's Damn. that next level of amateur with, boxing with a, re- a winning record. Like like who won that fight? I, I won. How'd you win? <laughs> what happened? Why did you win? Uh, I I outpointed him. Like I had more. I was more active. I I was doing I was putting out a lot more input in my punches Keeping and jab out there. and and he would only throw singles and not really throw combinations. And, okay, and he was real stalky and wasn't like pressing the action. Is he orthodox? No, he 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 was a southpaw. That's what gave me some trouble because he's he's shorter and all night he was just he was like. It was like keeping his 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 uh his lead hand and waving it around like changing like levels with the lead hand and it it gave me a little bit of like like panic. I was like, what is he gonna do next? Cause he's he has lead hand and he's waving it around, changing levels and I don't know if he's gonna rush in or or jab to my body. So I just so every time he he overstepped a little bit, I would explode with a combination. Okay, if I were to de- try to describe your style. I would say most boxers do things like jump rope to try to be light on their feet. That's the goal. You want to be real smooth with how you kind of float around the ring. But I would say that you almost, 
I'm not going to say that you don't need to improve on it. I don't know. But that almost seems to come natural to you is that you kind of float around and like your footwork is here and then you're over on that side, almost like you'd be a good dancer. You know, if you if you put your your mind to it to where you can kind of like do an almost like moonwalk type stuff. And I, I don't even know where the hell you're at. And the angle's changed. And then you're hitting me from a different angle. That's what Coach told him. He said, man, I, can't, I, can't, I can't read where they're coming from. They come from everywhere. Is that what Coach said? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did some sparring with, with Coach when I was 12. Okay, yeah. No, I mean, I'm... I'm, I definitely agree. I mean, so that's similar to what he said. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, it's very, it's difficult to describe to someone who has not sparred with you, but you're extremely light on your feet. You almost float. Like coach says, like he he told me that a lot of people have trouble with me because because like I move my feet and then I throw my punches like and they it come from everywhere and, and it's so yes. hard to read where they're coming from because I'm constantly moving around and you're switching stances. I'm switching stances like. Like, like, and it happens so fast, you, you think I'm orthodox, and then I'm coming at you with a double jab with my southpaw, and you're like, whoa, 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 he's, he's behind my lead foot. I don't know that, that that description quite accurately translates into someone who's never boxed before or never boxed with you. I don't know. But you watch Muhammad Ali or Sugar Ray Leonard, you say, wow, those guys are real light on their feet. You would, uh, you would actually think uh, over the last course of six years he would have more fights like that. He would have more fights than actually. It's been hard. Based on how uh, Based on how is. long he's been in the gym practicing okay. training, it's, it's he would think hard. he would have more more fights than that. But yeah, Jane, where he came out on top. And that was in, where was that? Toledo, Ohio. Toledo, Ohio. Ohio. You, yeah. you, you won. That was your 14th fight. And nothing exciting happened after that between January of this year and now, did it? That's all, right? N- nothing uh, in yeah, the boxing yeah. scene. <laughs> no. um, so in all seriousness, I don't mean to joke, but I mean... That was January, which yeah. is 2023. Right now we're in August. What yeah. happened after that? Oh, well, uh, loss. Uh, to start off, uh, I want to give all thanks to God. You know, he's been right there. February, we had a, a little trauma in our life. You know, his grandmother passed away. So we were in Chicago for a weekend. And uh, between uh, we were up there between the 15th and the 22nd, I believe, in Chicago for the funeral. So we had to lay her to rest, you know. It's been a lot of trauma. Then, as soon as we got back from Chicago, I think my son stayed. Uh, he was at home for about a good week, with um, on vacation, whatever. They, the kids were out of school. They was going to start back to school. That's when he went to the hospital. Let you, let you tell him about what it. happened, Chris. And once again, about what what date? What month was this? this March. Is, this is February. The, the funeral was like close to the end of February. Okay. His trauma with him started the first week of March. Okay. So what what happened, Chris? So it was uh it was March sixth and the the previous night on March fifth, it was my friend's birthday and we were outside doing stuff that we shouldn't have been doing. And and I'll admit that I I was a kid once. I, I did some things I shouldn't have done also. I, and I don't think you're getting much judgment from Either of you know, or any of the many of the listeners, maybe some. I don't know, but okay. But the night before, we were outside doing stuff we shouldn't have been doing, and then my lungs got real heavy, and it just became harder to breathe. Being in the cold around, my friend has three dogs in his house, and I have mild allergies to dogs, and all the the, the things accumulating in the air, it just made it so difficult me difficult for me to breathe. And then by the next morning. On uh, March 6th, I called my brother up, telling him, like, I-, I need a ride home. And 
because I can't breathe, bro, and it was just bad, and he calls me an Uber, and I'm on the way home. I call my mom, and she tells me, well, I'm telling her the situation, and I'm telling her how I can't breathe. My sister's uh, already in the house with me, and uh, I'm just, it's just, it's like a tough thing to talk about. You know? I'm sure, but. And I know this is very personal. We're jumping right into some super personal stuff. Yeah. Um, <coughs> but but prior prior to that, did you have a lung condition? Yes. Okay, so I know we're jumping right into this. Is probably HIPAA like yeah. privacy issues major, for me to be major, asking? Uh, major allergy problem. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's, it's good to talk about. You know? Okay, so he did have a, a just the the allergy issue, allergy problems and the asthma problems. You know, he was getting going to the doctors, getting allergy shots. But Chris, you are what? How tall are you? Uh, I think I'm like five ten and a half. Five ten and a half, and you're pretty thin and in very good shape. So, someone listening, you know, we're not recording the episode today. You're, you appear to be in very good health. I'm doing a lot better, right. and always have. E- e- prior to January and February, what I mean is, it's not like you weren't taking care of yourself. Obviously, I give all the honor to God because he laid there in that bed and he was on the, uh, the ventilator for thirteen days straight. So, with the tubes down his throat. Breathing form. No food, no nothing. Coma. Coma. 13 days of a coma. Yeah. So uh, we did what we supposed to do. We came together with the prayer warriors, and we, we prayed them out of it, and God put his hands on the nurses and the doctors, and I'm going to give a shout-out to Dr. Pendleton, his main doctors, because she was there with us the whole way at the time. I'm going to give a shout-out to the ICU nurses that was taking care of my son, because we did not leave his side, not for one day, not till he woke up. We felt like, all right, we can go home and, Rest and get well and get the stuff ready for him to come on home for his return. So it was it was March sixth to April sixth to be honest. March sixth to April sixth. And Chris, you you in hindsight, the dog allergies maybe prompted it a little bit. All that built up. So so the way to prevent this for your specific lung your lungs is to minimize exposure to a bunch of dust and dogs and yep. stuff like that. Yep. Of course. The doctor said, uh, said he couldn't he couldn't really work at too much of a job because the thing that he has going on is it could happen again. Oh, okay. It could definitely happen again. And I know he don't want to be on no, no he don't want no tube going down your throat this long down your throat helping you breathe. So we make the right choices and uh, keep God on our side. We can't go wrong. So at certain points, it probably I can't imagine. I mean, like having a, 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 a it was a, it was a, it was a multitude of things. I believe. Wasn't just the dogs; it was everything. What he went out with, with the guys, the dudes, and the dogs, and the dogs, and then, the, and then not being in the breathing in the basement, and it's hot. That's what triggered it. Okay. But his uh, his sister right there, a little doctor, she put together this breathing machine and gave him a few more pumps until the ambulance pulled up. And then my wife pulled up, and then I met them at the hospital. I was at work when this happened. They was out of school for that day. So it seemed like at certain points, like you were worried that you're going to lose your son. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I cannot can't imagine. But I ha- I haven't went through anything like that with my kids. But God, but God, I give them all the praise. Because when them not the nurses say, "Man, after the six seven day man," because the first five days is they they sound horrible. He's very very sick. They sound horrible. I'm like, like what's going on? But the the seventh, the eighth, and the ninth, and the tenth day man, they sound better. They sound better all the way to that thirteenth day man. These lungs sound perfect. We can really take this out of him. And as soon as they took it out on his first one. Hey, mama. So you came to right then. Do you remember that? 
It's all a blur. Now you were probably drugged up. They probably had you on some different stuff to keep you alive and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Everyone in the book. They had him on so many medications to where he he wasn't really falling because he was such a fighter. And they kept coming to the room like, man, who is this guy? Like, man, he's he's a boxer. Yeah. He's tall and he's got all muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he left. uh, He left. He left ICU at about. 114. One, 114 and then he stayed at, at Frazier and he got out of Frazier it was still about 114 because he wasn't getting the proper nutrients over there. so how much did you weigh prior to the incident I was at 132 okay and you got down to 114 while you were in a coma yeah okay muscle so mass body mass needs the protein to get back in shape you didn't feel strong I didn't feel strong at all I had to relearn how to walk when I woke up Okay, at Look any God, yeah. how, how much you weigh now, Chris? I'm at 145. Okay. <laughs> and you feel good? Yeah. I feel a lot yeah. better. A lot better. At what point did you think, I, I need to get back in the boxing ring? I want to fight again. I know that's something you've mentioned to me at the gym. Like, really? I, uh, when were you throwing punches, Chris? In, in, like, as soon Immediately. In, in rehab. In rehab. You called coach. <laughs> called coach, like... Now look at him. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm back. I remember talking to Coach because I was like, oh, shit, Chris is what? Coma. I, I, what? You know, everybody's like, what the hell? Like, are you are you sure? He's just here. You know, he's the youngest, fittest guy out there. What yeah. What happened? And then he's in a coma for a while. Yeah, and I look at him now, though. And, and you're throwing punches in rehab. You knew immediately that at some point you did want to return, return to the ring. Because the doctors told us, they said, Chris got brand new lungs. I said, look at God. He blessed those lungs and make them all, all brand new. God make all things new again. Look at this. So Don't get tired as easy no more. He don't more. get tired as easy no more. They don't need to heal. Because you could tell. Because like, in, in uh, January, when he, he went out there and won, and he wasn't feeling good then. We didn't know this. Oh, okay. But coach told us, like, Chris, you was acting like he was, was dying on us. I'm like, it was, like, it was like, the what's weather out there. Like he still came out victorious. Now you said it's like he's got new lungs. Why is that? That's what the doctor says. Say it take about about a month and a half to get to reproduce new lungs. Oh, okay. So so it, they kind of heal themselves. It's yeah. starting over yeah. almost. So you just gotta avoid being in a real hyper and, or um, allergenic type situation. The team of doctors came into the room and talked to us. Uh, so he lost us into the brain. And my wife was just hysterical over him saying that. Like, oh, my God, because I can't yeah, imagine you stopped, hear that. Then you stopped. think when he comes to that he won't be the same. Yep, that's what they told that's us. That's what I would immediately but think if I heard us, that about my kid. They told us in this case, in the event, that the dark spot, the, the spots that's in his head that was lost to oxygen, were result in him being a little bit more stronger. Oh, okay. That's what they said. I said, Wow. Wow. So it was it was it was stronger, a little meaner, aggressive. But those are things we can work on. But if he put all that focus into the ring, I mean he'll come out on top every time. So Chris Junior, you would like to box again soon. You're at one forty five now. Mm-hmm. Do you do you care about the weight class? Oh no, nah, like one one thirty two. My my rating one forty one thirty two was fun and like educational, but from the way that I've grown and like look back, I I was weight drained at one thirty two, especially for my stature and how tall I am. Mm. 
I remember that. I remember putting a lot of thought actually into you way before this coma stuff all happened, but thinking like this kid might be really good and stuff like that. And I'm like, look how, th- you know, and you look taller. You look like you're like six two or something because you were th- you were real thin mm-hmm. and you know five ten and a half. But I mean, you've got pretty. I think you got pretty long arms. You're yeah. pretty long. Yeah. And you know the the way that you move in the ring and everything. I remember thinking like this kid. And you remember you telling me I'm. 13 or, you know, 14 or something, I was thinking, like, wow. But you're right. You were very – not many people built like that, stick with that weight class probably. Mm-hmm. So 145, you're comfortable right now. You would take a fight at 145. I don't think the amateurs have a 145 division. I think it goes from 141 and then to 146 okay. and then up. Okay. But I'm a like, – I can make 138. I might, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna test the waters at 138. Do you have any idea of when a fight would be? And is your coach Abdullah apprehensive about getting you back in there? Oh, coaches, coach has his his demeanor has changed. <laughs> I can't imagine. I remember one time you we were doing conditioning and you're like, I got to take a break and sit. You sat down and I was like, Is he all right? I was like, I don't know. Wow. And I remember that happening. Wow. Does that sound right? okay? And I remember thinking, I hope he's okay. And then. You know, I was like, what's he, you know, what's going on? And then yeah. the coma thing, and I was like, oh, I remember the sitting down during the conditioning thing. Like, damn. So after? And so Abdullah. After, after all this? After Abdullah. Afterward, Abdullah, his 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 uh, demeanor about this has changed? Yeah. He, uh, like, the past, like, past three weeks, he's he, he's seen my my progression and, and how I've bounced back since the coma and how I'm getting more active and... And less, less things are like slowing my pace. Your conditioning is not as bad as he feared, because shortly after you got back in the gym, you were saying you wanted to fight immediately. I think mm-hmm. I don't want to put mm-hmm. words in your mouth. That's accurate, <laughs> yeah, right? Because and uh, Coach Abdullah was like, "Holy shit, man! Slow down. We don't want you to die." Like he was thinking, "Like no, we're not putting you right back in there." Is that about right? Originally, yeah. he was thinking that, like, slow down. He, he wanted me to take baby steps, and and I. And I give him his flowers for that because that's, that's, that's the coach's job. Sure, yeah. To steer me in the right direction so I don't end up getting hurt again or put myself in the heat of fire. Sure. But. But, but over you say over the past three weeks his demeanor has changed because he's seen that your conditioning's coming back. You're yeah. moving well in there. You're training. You said you got some good good sparring rounds in, I think, last I'm, night. I'm, yeah, I got some good sparring in. Coach wasn't there because uh, his father's in town. So that's he, right. He want to take some family time. And, and that's great. Family time is the best time, you know. Sure. And and uh, he's he's saying that whenever he gets anything going on in August, he's he's gonna submit my name, and then from there, it, I just gotta show everyone what I'm capable of again. Yeah. Bring him back out. He got a lot of uh, people rooting for him, though. Rooting for him and praying for him. Oh yeah. No, I I, I can imagine. Not just there. not just the House of Warrior gym. And the families involved with it. I got a church family that's been unbelievable out this whole ordeal. Shout out to your church. What church? Greater Galilee on 4th and Broadway. Okay. pastor's name is Dr. Eric A. Johnson. He's one of the best, man. And they like Chris, I'm guessing. They love Chris. (laughs) They love him. Yeah. They love him. They they unconditionally love him. So, 
and uh, probably got some uh, friends in Chicago too who don't mind hearing that their their buddy's oh, yeah. son well, is doing good in boxing. Knows, That's the thing is boxing. Old men, you tell him, hey, this guy's a boxer. Could be ninety year old old man. He's like, oh, well, since really? he's been in Louisville more than he's been in Chicago, he got a couple friends up there, like probably like one or two. But I hear he has a, a gang of. We got a, a whole church full of friends. That's that's his age. He got the older mentors that are talk to him, the fathers for the fatherless, you know, me, my son. So when he does have a fight, we're going to bring them all out. They're going to all come out. Like, this is a miracle. Even this, even this doctor would love to come out just to see him. To go from what he was just went through to be up and standing up and doing it again, that's a miracle, man. I give all thanks and honor to go to God. After your – all right, so you're 15 years old now. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be a pro boxer one day? Oh, yeah. Um uh, I want to finish school first, and because I, I value my education a lot, so I'm gonna finish out high school strong. So, some people who know they're gonna be pro boxers do drop out of high school, right? That's what you mean. But, you want to make sure you at least get through age 18 high school. Yeah, right, but right. I, I'm a uh, I'm a strategist. Uh, I I got a plan B for this because say boxing doesn't work, I I want to go to law school. Study up on that and, and become an attorney, like a defense attorney. Wow! Nice. Yeah. yeah. Law is a pretty cool thing. Hey, hey, what's your What's your take on uh on chess? I like chess. I'm not good at it. My wife's better. My wife's from Cuba. I play chess every day. Wow. I'm not good at it though. I get beat up. You look at the people I play. I lose regularly. But it is very mentally stimulating, and I appreciate people who are good at it. One of my cousins beats me. Literally, it's like 225 to zero, and I keep playing them. <laughs> Some people are real good at it. Sorry to interrupt. Hello. So what? My son, uh, he just had a um, in school when they can, when it, when it can get going, when they finally get going, uh, one of his classes is chess, and he was like, "Man, I don't want to play in chess." I was like, "Son, go ahead and sit down and play chess because that's that's a, that's the, like boxing." It, it is. Yeah, we, we just told him the other yeah, day. Yeah, it's, it's like, like boxing. boxing. So don't give up on your dreams. Chess I bet you'll good. like it. You remember Lawan? He he would play chess at the gym. I don't know yep. if you remember yep. that. Yep. He would Juan. he would have the uh, chess board out. I think he's in Georgia now. He moved. He moved? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's down in yep, wow. yep. Yeah, he moved. But he used to have the um, the chess board in the gym. I remember over off Naomi, he would have the chess board in there a lot. Oh, man, I got to talk to him. I didn't know he moved. Yeah, he's got some family down. I think it's the Atlanta area, I think. Okay, okay. Well, that's God is good. That's yep. Impressive. So you, you, you enrolled in a, a class. What school were you at again? Uh, I just transferred out of DOS. Now I go to Valley High School. Okay, and that's relatively close to where you all live? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. It's about the same distance. Okay. And um, you will be a sophomore. Uh-huh. Okay. Tenth grader. And... Any interest in any sports outside of boxing? Um, like I, I like basketball, but it's just not my cup of tea. Okay, boxing's where it's at. That's that's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, sprinkling, you know, some education boxing. and things, and over time, yeah. I, I don't think you got to worry. And then you you probably would even like to coach one day or something. You oh, like you you oh, love yeah. the sport. That's oh, yeah. one of the things I oh, said yeah. even before the the coma. I had said I wanted to do a podcast with you. Because, Chris, you're pretty knowledgeable for a 15-year-old about current and even historical boxing. Yes, most definitely is. I do my homework on a lot of those things. Like I like <laughs> I like studying the greats and, and how they have impacted the sport. Because wh- without the people that came before me, this sport wouldn't be what it is today. 
all these people coming out, flying across the country to see two men standing stand in a squared circle for 12 rounds, throwing throwing bombs at each other with malicious intent. That's that's why I love the sport. It's just it's just the art of it. Just putting in all your time and your sweat, blood, and tears just for you to go out there and be perfect for one night. You have a favorite boxer of all time, or or a current favorite boxer? My my current favorite boxer right now, uh, I would have to say Javante Tank Davis. Javante, okay. his I, I like his style and and the way he carries himself. Unique style for sure. Doesn't throw a bunch of punches. He's a he, he's a, he's a slow starter, but once he get he gets started, it's kind of hard to get him off of you. Okay. And I like how. I like how he isn't in the media as much as, as these other boxers who run their mouth a lot, like mm. like Roley Romero. He, he's a big talker, but he everybody seems to not like Roley because Roley's a like a smart mouth. He he talks a lot, but he doesn't really have the accolades to really submit himself to talk the talk, especially Did- after he. He, he lost his last fight, in my opinion. The, the fight with, with the old man, that was like 40-something, and he yeah. got dropped. And then he, he going he gonna to go do the uh, post, uh, fight interview, saying he, is, he hit way harder than Tank. You got knocked out? What do you mean he hit harder? That guy, that was funny. That guy looked super old. Like. But he wasn't that old. I think he was like 42 or something. But he, or I forget, but he, he was, yeah, he he was, was like, kind of old, but he looked like he was like 60-something. Yeah, very interesting like, situation. Like, 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 and then, and then the ref stopping it prematurely, it just made the, the performance look even more worse. And, and how, how he's talking about jumping up to one forty seven to fight uh, Errol Spence and beat him. Like, you haven't made your mark. You don't get to call them shots yet. Now, you mentioned you like Tank Davis out of current fighters, uh, but earlier you said you like to model your game after a little bit of everyone. Almost, you use a little piece of this, a little piece of that. If you could have a professional boxing career similar to any boxer, if you had to choose one, you look back and you kind of emulate their style, maybe, maybe their accolades. What would your answer be? I mean, I feel like like the go-to style is. It's probably Mayweather. Like, yeah, I was like, thinking Mayweather because he didn't get hit much perfect. and he won all the time and he made the most money. It minimized brain damage. Sure tons of money. <laughs> never never is, lose. Is the best way to what's be his, what's, his re- what's his record, Chris? He's 50 and 0. 50 and 0. Hmm. And he keeps fighting these little exhibition fights, still getting paid pretty good, too. Drawing so that's a good way to do it. Yeah, money. yeah. He'll fight some little Japanese guy or something. I mean, he's always doing that stuff. And he makes still good money. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not a bad way to do it. What do you think about celebrity boxing? Celebrity boxing, it's like, I wouldn't say that it's like good for the sport or bad for it, but like it should be in its own category because I wouldn't really necessarily call it boxing Mm -hmm. because they, a a lot of them don't even, like have never thrown a punch outside of their training for the camp. Like Nate Robinson, who got knocked out by Jake Paul. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, just a yeah, basketball player. Yeah, he got yeah, knocked yeah, out, yeah, but he had never really boxed before. Why it's he like he was real good at dunking. He was yeah. real good at playing basketball, but I don't think he'd ever done any combat sport that I know of. And he right. got paid million dollars or something to get knocked out. Yeah, wow. like like a, a wow. lot of these like these like media influencers like branding themselves as boxers. I think it's just disrespectful. 
Okay. Like Jake Paul, <laughs> you're not really a boxer. You you never really fought a boxer, and when you did, you lost. Tommy Fury, he he dismantled you and showed your cracks and showed you how how, how you really can't uh, compete with those around your same age and, and isn't retired or smaller than you. So, who's a boxer out there right now? You think deserves a little bit more credit than they get? I guess that Inoue guy, the Japanese guy, he's real little. He's great. People yes, don't know much like, about him. But. Like he's. He's he's so dominant for his weight class and, and like and I hate seeing like, like these these channels like South Paul TV. He's he's always slandering anyway, calling him a hype job as if he doesn't have the accolades to 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 get the credit that he deserves. He 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 challenged Stephen Fulton. He he was the champion of the uh, super bantamweight division and, and he took his belt. And then Fulton was an American, I think, yeah. right? undefeated, and he lost from him. Philly. Yes, and then he he beats him. He he, he knocks him out, and then. Uh, the the whole like accusing him of of on juice steroids or, or like fugazi hand wraps having like casted hand wraps and I'm like let's give him his credit because that's like that's like somebody training so hard to beat your favorite fighter and and you just downing him because because you don't like him like like mm-hmm. I don't I don't like how there's media biases from these certain fighters as if they don't deserve the accolades for what they do interesting. So that was a Japanese guy beating an American. Yeah, and you, you're defending the Japanese guy. Yeah, because people try to say that, that that like there's a lot of hype around him because he's a Japanese fighter doing okay. these things. I mean, you could say that about anybody. Like, oh, a, a black champion with, with the belt, and he's knocking people out. Oh, he they're just doing this because he has a high KO ratio. Like, okay, it, it's the sport. You of can life. poke holes in any you, like any fighter. Tyson yeah. Fury's getting criticized a lot right now because he didn't fight Usyk. There's always if you get That's onto like fight. Facebook, what's that? That's a good fight. Fury against Usyk. Uh, I agree. I agree. I feel like I feel like Usyk is too little for it. like because like he like he he's big. He's like six four, six five. I think he's six three. So he's the same, a little taller than Muhammad Ali was. Six. Yeah. Muhammad Ali was six two. I think. I think Usyk is six three. And but Tyson Fury is six nine. Yeah, he's he he's tall and he's lengthy. He, like and he's real like elusive. If he throw the jab at you all around, make you come close and you clinch you. You enjoy Tyson Fury's game? Uh, I'm not. I'm not like a consistent watcher, but like the way that he did uh, Deontay Wilder, I, I, I give him his credit because he's kind of a boxing purist. Clearly, that he's yeah. a boxer. Would he beat that guy? Yeah, Deontay Wilder. He, Would he beat Usyk? You mean? Uh. Tyson Fury, he beat yeah. Deontay Wilder th- arguably three times. Wow. One of them was a draw. And then the technically, other, and, and then, then the he did win the second two, yeah. Wow. Second and third fight. The, the second one, his corner stopped the fight because Tyson was de- destroying him round after round. And then the third fight was was a lot like it, it kind of reminded me of like of like boxing from the eighties, like like two titans clash with one another, going down, another one going down, and getting back up, and then another. I'll one give going Fury down. credit; he always would knock him down some. So it was always exciting. It wasn't like, you know what I mean? I think even the third fight, he did knock him down a couple yeah, times. Yeah, he, he knocked down Deontay. But, but like, uh, uh, like those wins was controversial because a lot of people were saying that, like, like he had, like, a like a, 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 a glove with no padding. Oh, I saw that, and he was hitting kind of yeah, like, like this, like, 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 like slapping, slapping with your, your Like an open palm. palm, open palm hit. And I'm like, uh, yeah. I'm like they're using, I think, 10-ounce gloves, 12-ounce gloves. And and he he has his hand like fully opened and I'm like, Ugh. it's kind of hard to defend that when like they're brand new gloves, 
And he got you have the open palm and he's hitting him with, with the hook and I'm like, Ugh. so boxing will always have people criticizing one way or making up some excuse why Floyd Mayweather wasn't so great. Obviously, a lot of people say that like he gets a lot of criticism. What's that the best? How like like they're always gonna have something to say whether you win by 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 unanimous knockout sure. or, or 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 just from a stoppage. Like they're always gonna have something to to bring down about your performance. Especially with uh with, with the recent uh win Terrence Crawford over Errol Spence, they're saying that Spence has brain damage and he's slow, he's weight drained, he, he's this, he's that. Just, just give him his flowers. He he, he got beat up. He, he he won on the night. He put the training in. He promoted the fight. He gave he gave respect. He showed up. He got in the ring and he won. Why is there any discussion about his performance? So you're saying they're trying to discredit Crawford? All like. They're going, to, they're going to discredit you. Uh, recently, uh, in April, with uh, Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia with the uh, with the uh, weight clause and like the, the rehydration. Oh, clause. they really did try to yes, de- de- like, uh, they tried to take away from like, Tank his win, like after yeah. the fact. Yes. Well, because he did have a specific. If you're the A side of the card, you're the better boxer. You get to say what weight it's going to be at. Pretty much, Floyd would do it. You get to choose. Like if Chris and I are fighting, more people want to see Chris fight so he gets to choose what weight i have to go at which makes sense right that's kind of how it works and so he chose it and then after the fact everybody said oh that's the only reason he beat him like saying that Hmm. that that, that tank doesn't want the fight or ryan at 140 tank has fought at 140 he fought mario barrios and he and he destroyed him but i mean but he was down a couple of rounds because of course because barrios is like he's like 511 and tank is 55 what what did you think about the devin haney and loma fight I didn't watch it, but but from the clips and like from what I seen in the media, that was not a a, a class performance by Devin. Devin Devin didn't really do much, and, and Loma, in my opinion, was just winning the fight. And and Devin has been quiet in the media. He's 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 really like I hate how Devin is trying to move up to one forty to fight Regis Regis. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name, but Regis and then and then Dodge Shakur or Tank at one thirty five. Mm. But, but I give Devin his flowers. He's he he's a good boxer, but and he's still undefeated. So he, I mean, he's but like, like there's no personality to him besides that he's undisputed. Okay, so so the fact that he lacks in personality is that what you mean? His actual interview ability, like like I love that. I love that he pre praises his God and all that. But but in the ring, like like he's just. Kind of boring. Okay, he just is clearly trying he, to. He doesn't really have that much power. Even more boring version of Floyd. I mean, I mean Floyd. Floyd is entertaining. For I Floyd agree. Floyd. I agree. Especially in those lower at. weight classes, he was knocking people out, and he even knocked out like Victor Ortiz, and you know he had some good knockouts. I agree. But a critic would say that Floyd is real defensive, and he just wants to win. And Devin Haney kind of does the same type thing. I mean, I feel like Devin Haney only has, has the jab. That's all he really has because he doesn't have no, no knockout power. His last knockout was like five, six years ago. Okay. And and if he got in the ring with, with the likes of like Pitbull Cruz or, or, or Javante Tank Davis, who's, who's going to press the action and, and go at you right out the round, I don't think he, he could really swim him in the water or somebody that's going to come at you right out the round. And and he's he's the type to like to like – Overuse his his a his a side abilities like because he because recently he gave Shakur Stevenson a contract 
trying to say that like say that like he gets almost like every like aspect of it. Like Devin Haney, he gets he gets more money, more promotion, and then this, and then Shakira's like, I'm worth more than that. Yeah. Why are you trying to dog me out when I'm trying to make a fight? Okay. Give give the fans what they want. So Devin values himself as being more of a draw than he really is. I mean, at that he he doesn't really make the draws because because Tank Tank and Ryan sure they made they do they made forty million like did they yes like they made more than Terrence and uh so how much did 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 Ryan Garcia get paid to get his ass kicked I, I think he made like at least like thirty thirty plus million at, did he at, really? at least at wow. least and then he had like um um. Oscar De La Hoya and Bernard Hopkins and everybody turned on him, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> that was crazy. But he got paid thirty million. I mean, thirty million to to to, to take a knee in the sixth round, seventh round. What do you think of that? Uh, because because basically, for those of our listeners who don't know, Tank Davis has freakish power, and he connected on a what looked like a not even a big body shot, and then it was over. He hit him in the level. Yeah, he hit him like right, like right. Like to the right of the uh, solar plex, like because he's those, southpaw. Those shots Let's hurt. He, he he was sent down, loading on it, and then Ryan he 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 doesn't use his footwork how he's supposed to. He's tall and lengthy. He, he got he got too close and he stayed in the pocket with a shorter fighter, and then and then he he was coming up and trying to loading up on the punch, and then Tank caught him with a good shot to the body, and I I don't discredit Ryan for taking the knee, but I feel like I feel like. He could have really like stretched it out at least for another round by at least getting up before the count was over and then clinching for the rest of the round. Okay, but but it was a a smart decision not trying to get hurt though, cause like because it, it it was a rumor saying that was a mole in Ryan Garcia's camp telling him that telling him that like uh, he he was hurt to the body and stopped the camp. Yep. So yep, you're right. It was the Yep. Shot. Yep. It hurt him. Yeah, like it. Look, like, and then he drops. His nose stopped bleeding yeah. too. Okay. It was a it was a delayed reaction because like, he got hit and he was like, oh no 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 no. I believe it hurt. I, I'm not. I would never suggest that like that didn't hurt. Um, like I, some people say that it's like him taking a dive, but I really don't think many people even say that. But I it was. It's Brian interesting to see. Yeah. Because because somebody loading up on on a shot to you. While you're exposed to the body, will practically like you're not knowing that it's coming. It's 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 going to hurt. It's going to take the wind out you. And then when when he backed up, and then like his body realized that oh he's hurt and he went down. Because when you're hitting your liver, like you're gonna ball up. It's your body's natural defense to to curl up and, and protect protect the spot. I don't I don't say that he just gave up because he just wanted to collect the check. I think that he was genuinely hurt to the body, and then he he couldn't continue. Daniel Du Bois is going against Usyk on August 26th. You know anything about that matchup? You think there's a chance Usyk could lose? Because uh, he hasn't been at heavyweight that long. I know he beat Joshua twice. Let's see. How many fights has he done at heavyweight? Chisora, I think Chaz Witherspoon was heavyweight. So he's done one, two, three, four fights as a pro at heavyweight. That's all. Could you see him losing to anyone who's not, uh, who's not named Tyson Fury? I mean, not really, like, because Uzi's style, like, it's like it's pretty simplistic, but it works for for his stature. He l- kind of lowers his level, almost like a wrestler or something. Like he's he's got a real wide stance, and then he's like 
You're just doing textbook perfect type shit that it looks like Abdullah teaches. It's yes. like Russian style. Yes. Good boxing. Yes. Just perfecting the fundamentals of what he's doing. And he's got that, he's southpaw, and I think he's pretty long, really, so he's not real small. Southpaws are, I think they're more difficult to fight than orthodox fighters, simply okay. because you don't, you don't see many of them. Do you do better against the southpaw? In that fight that you won in January against the southpaw, who is literally smaller than you, did you switch to southpaw to go against the southpaw in that fight, more or less? Uh... I switched. I switched to, I, I to, to, to like misdirect him to think because I saw him level changing a lot. So I switched to, to discourage his level change. When you when you level change somebody that is the same stance as you, and you come in, you, you you get hit with shots you're not supposed to get hit with. If you're in the if you're mirroring their stance, okay. So so you were thinking that during the fight. Yeah, and so of the of the fight, what percentage of that fight did you spend at Southpaw? What percent at Orthodox? I spent more of the fight in Orthodox, mainly because... 60-40 or something, or 70-30? 70-30. Okay. Mainly because, like, I, I seen him, like, like kind of, like, smothering my jab, trying to take it away from me. So, so when he would do that, uh, like, to a trip, like, like, a trick to, like, bypass the southpaw is to, like, utilize your right hand a lot. Because... Sure. Because their goal is to basically get behind your lead foot. And and when they do that, they can they can get hit down the pipe with a with a straight. It cross. happens to me when I'm orthodox going against the southpaw, and if I'm not if I'm focusing, I'm not really paying attention like I should be. They'll hit me with a cross, and you're just saying the other way, the right-handed guy attacking. So you're saying to use your your right hand, and then against the southpaw. And then uh, a good thing is like like using your angles and not staying stationary on a southpaw. Especially when they're level changing, like like stand stationary with someone who can like level change and then load up a bomb, it's it's just it's bad. It's, it's bad to do that. Okay, I, I do uh, enjoy talking with you about boxing. You know, a lot of people box and they don't necessarily like follow it that much, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You know, everybody's different, but you do seem like an actual... You know, Mike Tyson would do that. Uh, Customato would have him watch all these old tapes of old, real old-school boxing. So if you ask Mike Tyson to this day his opinion on, you know, Rocky Marciano or, or you know, Jack Dempsey or Jack Johnson or something, he's real knowledgeable about the old boxers. It's, it's good to do your homework on the greats before you because... Because what what they do in their performances could help you in your performances. Right, exactly. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's all. Um, it's we've got a lot of experience to look back on to see what type of stuff works in boxing. Because boxing's been around for like yeah, it's one of the like older like, sports. The Marcus like a century or so. well, even before that, like like yep. in the gladiator days, I, I know they were throwing hands in, in, a, in a arena. Who do you think is the best boxer overall ever? Uh, accolades and pound for pound, I, I don't think anyone could ever like really like give give a prime Mike Tyson a challenge. Okay, especially when when he's training and then uh pre pre custom models death, I don't think anyone could give him a challenge. Okay, even with these heavyweights today, if if he's moving out, he's moving at heavyweight with these heavyweights that are so stationary and scared to to like engage and he's coming at you 
for 15 to 12 rounds, it's it's bad. Okay. Yeah. Pound for pound, Mike Tyson is probably the best fighter. Before before Cus died, he like, I don't think anyone can even like match his level of talent or skill. What other boxers deserve to be mentioned in that conversation, pound for pound? Pound for pound, uh, next is probably Pacquiao. If, if Pacquiao okay, didn't okay. like wasn't in like the media with him like juicing and like taking steroids, I feel like like he he would have like a like, like more more respect. He won a, a title in like I forget how many I the most like eight. weight eight different weight classes as a pro. A title. It's unheard of. The next best is like four. I forget what it is. Something like that. So it's right. extreme. Manny Pacquiao has done started many a, things that no one else has ever done. Then he started like a 115, then he won a... In, no, I think he started less than 115. Like He man, fought he as like high as 154. When he fought Oscar De La Hoya, he fought at 154. Like, like and he's moving up weight class to weight class, and he's taking belts, and like, like it was just really... like Pound for pound, he, he's just one of the greatest. Okay. And then obviously Floyd is on there because sixteen sure. world champions, and he's fifty and oh on on top of like making the the biggest sell in in history with Pacquiao, pound like with the pay per views. How much, how, how much that uh, that land? Like, like I I know he made over a hundred million for the Pacquiao mm. fight. That's crazy. Hundred million. <laughs> That's wild. Floyd is a game changer. Anyone who's who's not. Trying to learn from the, if you're a boxer and you're not trying to learn at least from Floyd's business approach, then you're foolish if you're not trying to take notes specifically from that. Because he just somehow, he'd like, no, I've got this figured out way better than everyone else somehow. He made Everybody wants to see him lose, kind of, right? I think a lot of people buy the fights to see him lose. Right. And he's like, I don't care. I'll. Get paid a hundred million dollars. Hundred million. Yes, to sit there. But he—that's the trick. Then he doesn't even get hurt. It don't matter. So you know, if you were getting like knocked out for that, it would be like a difficult decision. But if you can't really even get hit, that's a real good one. That's like, a heck of a hit trick. Hit and not get hit, and then, and then and then do it for twelve rounds. Like uh, people discredit him for what he's worth. Like he, he he would do it for twelve rounds though. What's your favorite Floyd performance? Uh, my favorite probably. I, I think his best performance was like like he like he's he's rarely good. Like he has a lot of good performances, especially for his fifty and oh. He's fifty and oh. Correct. But, uh, he he's went against a lot of a lot of people like, but uh, but Juan Manuel Marquez, Canelo. I mean, he made Canelo look what's very the, very what's average. Guy, what's the other guy's name before Pacquiao? Pacquiao. Uh, he he, he fought Connor. The black guy. Is that Judas? Shane? Yeah, no. Shane, Shane Mosley? Yeah, that was Shane. That was Shane. Shane oh, yeah. Shane's Shane. an all-time Shane. great, for sure. Shane rocked Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, he, he did. He, he rocked him. He, not he, many, he him not many. One. Yeah, who hit Floyd the best ever? Was it him? Yeah. Madonna like got him all right. I mean, but Madonna is such a dirty fighter. Like, he'll... Th- He'll, he'll do anything like just to tire you out. He'll wrap you up, hit you in the back of your head, try to make some Muay Thai knee in, into the into the clinch, bite your glove. Like pack it. I mean, uh, I, I like I like Madonna for what he's worth, but but for like 
longevity, he we, 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 he wasn't going to make it far. Doing Obviously, it. right when he quit boxing, he gained like 150 pounds. Yeah, he like literally. Yeah, sure. <laughs> maybe not 150, but but he made 80. But he, he gained at least just, 80. And just sat down and started eating. He, like, <laughs> yeah. a lot of them so he was like wild, I guess. Word. Like if you're gonna, I don't know, I don't know. Where's he from? Argentina, I think. Something yeah. like that. And he was good. He had hands. They fought twice, right? Yeah. I think they fought twice. The first time, I mean, Floyd won, but Maidana did, you know, connect a little bit. He was giving him yeah. at least a little bit of issues. They rematched, and then Floyd, you know, Outclassed beat him even him. worse. Yeah. Outclassed yeah. Him. He looked back on the footage and just perfected it. But I think the next next person in the pound-for-pound pound list, um. I, I say Evander Holyfield. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. He did something where he moved weight classes also, cruiserweight up to heavyweight, arguably before Usyk. Maybe the greatest cruiser, I guess, I think. I may, I may be speaking out of turn here, but I think Usyk and Holyfield are like two of the great, the two greatest cruiserweights. It's a division people don't really think about much. Yeah, because like, cause like, cause like, like 190, a lot of people just overlook it and, and go to the Heavyweights. Correct. I don't even think there's a weight class. What? What? Are, what's the most famous weight class other than heavyweight? It goes lightweight, heavyweight, welterweight, and then middleweight. Okay. Like, and then super middleweight. Like one sixty-eight, because they've got Bertabiev and Bivol. Yeah, Bivol. Uh, but Bertabiev too. Yeah, because he's knocked every single person he's ever fought out. That's a, a fight should be made. Those two guys, I think they're kind of both Russian. I don't know those type of countries, Eastern Europe. I don't know that they're both from Russia, but they're both from countries that were previously the Soviet Union. I think, and they're both undefeated. And Bavol, be Canelo out. I I really like uh, Bavol's style. His style. Yeah, I've watched some like, videos of his highlights. Uh, they fought in uh, 2022. Now, to Canelo's credit... Um, but he moved up and, and wait, though. Yeah, big time. Canelo's tough as shit. So he's like, I don't care if I lose. I'll keep moving up and wait and see who I can beat. He's talking and then he, he found a big guy, and then he lost. He talked about fighting like... Uh, Usyk. And I, and I'm heavyweight, like, yeah. I'm like, Canelo. But he's, he's only like 5'8 or yeah, something he, like five, that. Eight. So he's not a re- real big guy, but he's like really uh, tough, I guess. I, I feel like... I feel like in that performance with Bevel, he took too much punishment. Sure. Uh, I feel like his, his corner should have, like, so, like, I understand that he's Mexican. He, he want to go out on his shield, and, like, and he got a lot of pride. But, <laughs> that's, but That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, don't but, go out just deliberately get yourself, like, get the shit kicked out of you. Going, right. going out on, on your shield, it's honorable, <laughs> but, but, but don't hurt yourself trying to go out on your shield. Yeah. Like Deontay Wilder, he... Uh, in the second fight with Tyson Fury, he was doing that. Him. He got so mad at his coach because he stopped he, it. He fired his coach because. So you disagree with hurt. that? You disagree yeah. with that? No, nah, because Deontay, like, like you weren't winning the fight. You weren't, and and you should have like. He was maybe even having actual bad damage. His ear was bleeding. Yeah, it's right. Like, like the, uh, if I'm the coach ruptured. and I see that your ear, if Abdullah sees Chris's ear is bleeding real bad. Yes, like eardrum bursted or something. You should like, stop the fight. Like, like that. Like, 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 that's serious stop. trauma. I think so. Yeah, that's and, serious trauma. And so Deontay Wilder's coach threw in the towel for that, wow. and then he fired him. Wow. He was like, like, yeah. Why? No, like, he was pissed because he thought bro. he could still win. Yeah, he, 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 wanted, he wanted to keep going with the busted up ear. Yeah, he oh. hit you. He's up. tough. Wilder is tough as, as as can be. I'll give him that. But I like 
it's always to, to ensure your safety. These fighters shouldn't uh, demonize their coaches for throwing in the towel on them or, or stopping the fight in the corner. It's, it's about your safety at the end of the day. You know, the first Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder fight, which was the draw, I believe it was that young English guy was his uh, corner for Tyson Fury, but also they had Freddie Roach, I think. And the young English guy was like 26 years old. He got to do the majority of the coaching. And then Tyson Fury got a draw. And they were like, you know, disappointed. And so then those two like t- turned on each other and... and Freddie Roach was criticizing him, and they and then Fury, I think, ended up with Emmanuel Stewart out of uh, Detroit, uh, his nephew, the Kronk Gym. So I think Tyson Fury is a Detroit-based gym now, and he has been since that kind of dust-up, that fir- first uh, uh, Wilder fight. No, I could talk boxing for a long time. I know you 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 could too. You you think it's the the best sport in the world? Uh. For for what it's worth, I don't think a sport can really compete with boxing on a level. Okay, like, but I but I know there's bigger sports out there like soccer. Soccer is most popular like, sport in the world. Ba- yeah, baseball, baseball. highest paid sport in the world. Baseball's an Golf. interesting one, yeah, because you really can make some legit money in baseball. You can you most definitely can. But and and there's a ton of jobs too. That's a, a interesting part about baseball. Major League Baseball obviously pays really well. But then also, if you play for the Louisville Bats, I like to go to the Louisville Bats games and just sit there with my phone in the stands and Google search, like, that number 17, okay, let's see, what's his name? What does he make a year? And a lot of them are making, like, $2 million a year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, 300000 a year at least, or 700000 and a, a you know, a bonus and stuff like that. So, baseball does have a lot of money going around. Mm-hmm. So does boxing. So does boxing, yes. So does boxing. <laughs> but it, it it really depends on, like, like, like your worth as a fighter and, and like, how you promote yourself. Because, you, you said that earlier. Because you can be, like, be like a dominant guy, and yeah, he's got to work. And you're signed to a bad promoter, and then you're, you're on everybody's undercard, and everybody's like, like not like they're overlooking you because you're on an undercard. Um, if you when you become a professional boxer, how will you combat that? How will you promote yourself? Will you all of a sudden become Chris Chaffee, the bad guy, <laughs> the heel, pro wrestling heel? Um. I feel like everybody from Tell my generation Tell your opponent to kiss your ass or something. I feel like everybody from my generation yeah. to take notes from Ryan Garcia. Ryan Ryan Garcia, he he made a name for himself outside the boxing ring from social media. He did. People and were calling him a YouTuber for a long time. Yeah, like a like an Instagram influencer. But, and you see that in a positive light what he did. But it's smart though because okay. cuz flying out other influencers and doing the body shot challenge, it made it made revenue and it made his name even bigger cuz everybody sees him see him like destroying people but but you got to learn how to balance that and not overshine into the uh, media with, with what you're doing okay but i feel like people just take notes from Ron Garcia like like be somewhat active in the media but but don't let that be be like your main like uh, presence in, in the boxing scene that you're a media influencer like like Ryan or or uh or Jake Paul, you feel me? But, but yeah, I feel like I, I would just like be social, like like with boxing, you, you gotta be social. You gotta put yourself out there, like, like, and you gotta like learn how to like promote yourself to different 
cultures and languages. That's an and, interesting uh, one. Okay. Like, like, like what Floyd did in, uh, like with around the world, uh, world tour with Connor, like going like to different regions and, uh, like different parts of uh, the world and promoting the fight. You, like you gotta do that. You gotta travel places. You, you gotta, you gotta connect with other people's interests. Like, like music, uh, streamers and, uh, podcasts, like, like going out and promoting yourself in, in any way possible. Going on the streets, giving away, uh, hopping on a, a call with somebody that you're, that you're gonna fight, or you gotta plant like, like those type of things. Like, like, like you you can't just be in a in a bubble. Put yourself out there. You can't be in a bubble. Training like, uh, like training like training is good, but you gotta like balance it with promoting and training, like like. It's okay to be uh, a a, a quiet bad guy, like you're real quiet in the media. But when when you get in the ring, you you destroy your opponent. Okay. But but when you can talk outside the ring and get in the ring and and destroy your opponent too, it it elevates your thing. It's even better. Because Floyd did that. Yeah. He 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 would post, flex his money, his watches, and I'm finna I'm finna go on that night and make so much money and, and come home without a bruise on my face, like like that. Having Having a ego and cockiness and like and knowing what you're worth and, and putting yourself out there, it, it will take your it will take your uh, career to another level. Your marketability, yes. Your income and there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with having making money. You know, you're you become a professional boxer. That's an interesting topic. You become a professional boxer. You are a prize fighter. So Fine. the goal is to get paid to fight, hit and not get hit. But I mean, it's doing it to make some money. Might as well make the more. The, the more money you can make, the better. Right. But, um, I, like, I, I just, I don't want to, like, over plan to what I'm going to do, but I just got to take it one day at a time and see when I make it to that bridge. Just be yourself, too. So it's it's almost like uh, you don't want to necessarily do what other exactly what other people did. Maybe your stick would be a little different than Floyd's, but you still admire his. You're like, that's what he did. He made it work. I'm going to be myself. Maybe it's a little different in some ways or similar in some ways. But you, you do have to be open to um, having a little bit of a public persona at least. Yeah, it's like, because like a lot of like, uh, like, like the top guys now. A humble persona. They, mm. they are. Is that important to you? Yeah, it is. What if he turns out turns all of a sudden seen, he's I Adrian Bronner? I seen AB do all that talking. <laughs> were you gonna say AB? Yeah, <laughs> you were gonna out. say AB, and I said him right then too. Get knocked out in the ring. Okay, so you gotta be a humble fighter. Yeah, like like uh, not not being too big headed about what you're good at because my mama always told me there's always gonna be somewhere out somewhere out there someone's gonna be have a little edge on you. You, you, you can't overlook that and think just because you're. It's because you got a couple accolades up under your belt. You're just untouchable. Okay. You always got to approach somebody as if they are a threat to you. Humility. Authentic humility. Humming is the best way to go. Yeah. I love it. So, Chris, on that note, how can someone listening follow you? What is your so- What are your social media handles? You know, what, what do you – which social medias do you prefer or don't prefer? Uh, I – I mainly uh, operate off of Instagram, and my social on Instagram, my handle is uh, T-H-E-Y-F-W dot underscore dot C-C, and my profile picture is a tree. Okay. 
And do you post on there much? Yeah, I uh, I do like little vlogs and, and keeping up with my life. Okay, just posting. Very cool. Going so now pictures, places, fights. Okay, and once again, earlier, Chris Senior, you mentioned your church. Is there anything else you'd like to before we start the process of wrapping up the episode? Is there anything else you'd like to promote? I want to promote God. He's been good. Always. He's, good. he's 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 the reason why we're here now to this day. He's the reason. I give him all the praise and glory. That's how my son, from what I just saw, that was traumatic to me to have me my heart breaking. I ain't know what a heartbreak would feel like until what the doctors was telling me, until seeing him now to being over here with, with Kelly Patrick on a Kelly Patrick show, to 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 going to school, to everything is back to normal. So I give him all the praise. You know, I'm just like every time I talk about it, I get like get so joyful because I know how good he is, you know? I can't imagine. Um, how long have you been involved with your church? Uh, it was first my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law, like I said, she brought my, my wife down. But even back in Chicago, did you go to church then? My, my church, I ain't going to lie to you, my church, uh, it wasn't that strong. Okay, so you weren't as involved. I, I, I wasn't as involved, but... You weren't getting as much out of it, you weren't putting as much into it, it wasn't a part of your life quite like it is now. No, it wasn't quite wrong. But overall, since you've been more involved with your church, your life has been going pretty good. Yes, it is. It is. I give my life to Christ. I let him. I give all the thanks to Him. Without and you credit him. in large part. It sounds like maybe your mother-in-law. Yeah, my mother-in-law. She the one. Uh, rest in peace, Grandma Nat. She the one that brought my wife down here to Louisville, and uh, that's when my kids started uh, started living. You know, growing up, and you know, so he got all his friends out here, and. Uh, my daughter does too. She was my my daughter was actually born in Louisville. Chris was born in Chicago. He, okay, we came out here like a good three four years after he was born. Okay, so uh, it's been quite the ride, you know. But God has been with us every second of it. I just want to keep giving him all the praise, you know, staying in church and like you said before. Now my um, my church experience, I didn't have a church family in Chicago. Okay, but now I have one in Louisville, and it's the best thing I could ever have. The best thing I could ever have. Chris Junior, how would you describe? House of Warrior Boxing Gym, how would you describe Coach Abdullah? House of Warriors has been a big impact on my life since I was nine. And and going there, having so many familiar faces just to uplift you and, and tell you that, that you can be worth more and that you are worth more, it is a, it is a, a, a motivator to me. Seeing, yes, sir. Yes, sir. seeing everyone in there putting in their hard work and all their all the things that, that drive them into a sport or to that, that just dedication to the to the ring and coming there and working yourself and teaching your body to do something that you didn't believe that you could do before. And I'm also, I, do, I want to give a shout-out to Coach Abdul in the House of Warriors. He's been a great coach and mentor in Chris's life throughout his whole ordeal since he started up until now. So I just want to give him his flowers, too, and say just to say thank you, Coach. I always joke that I'm like a minority there. That's like the only place I'll go in the United States probably that I'm always one of the few white guys in the whole gym. So the diversity there is pretty wild. We got a lot of Cubans. You get some good looks, Chris Jr., when you're you're in there boxing. I think last night you sparred with a Cuban. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, he, he was pretty nice. He, he gave me some good work, but I, I wouldn't, I don't really take sparring like that serious. Yeah. Because I, I, I know what I'm capable of, and, and when I'm in, in that focus mode, and, and if it's like really someone on the line, then I'll really display, display but, my... But it's still good for you to get some work with some work. people who've been boxing their whole life. 
right, yeah. for you to practice, right. them to practice, right? And then to be able to compete on their level, if not a little bit above their level. Yeah, sure, yeah. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on the show. Yeah, I appreciate you. Man. Yeah, man. yeah. yeah. I, you, this we'll have has to been do a this. while in the making. Yeah, it, it has yeah. since before the coma and everything. We were talking about this, <laughs> and I was like, "What the? Heck? I thought we had a podcast scheduled." And Here we are now. We ended up making it. Man, it's been all right. Too. It's been a journey. <laughs> we'll have to continue to do episodes on occasion throughout your your journey. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I just can't wait till they announce this fight that he got coming up because it's gonna be like a show, like gonna be like a miracle. Everybody wondering, yeah. like, he was just in the coma, hiding in the ring, going. Hopefully, on uh, at the uh, expo on Seventh Street. Okay, I was gonna ask, so probably in well, the yeah, I would love, I would love for it, but if not, you know, we still gotta do what we gotta do. But if I yeah. love for it to be in Louisville, so yeah. that we can have everybody can be able to get to the fight just to see him. Because you don't know what people got going on in their other lives, you know. So we can only offer the invitation. If they show up, they show up. And you're on your journey. You go fight in Indianapolis. Come back. Win or lose. I mean, you're, you're, you're progressing. You're, you're uh, 15 years old. I mean, so you. And I'm only getting better. Only yeah. better. I w- I would, I'm not even at my prime yet. I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm just touching the waters of what I'm capable of. What weight class do you think you will be as a pro? If you had to guess. I know that's far off. Because you're not like short. Chris, Chris Sr., how, how tall are you? I'm about six one, six two. Okay, so uh, most males in your family are around that height. Yeah. Okay, so you're five ten, Chris Junior. If you had to guess, how big will you be? I think like six four, six three. Okay. How much, okay. How much would you weigh? Uh. Uh, because a lot of people say I, I mirror like Tommy Hearns and how, how he was a, a tall middleweight. So. Okay, middleweight. So I think I, I would. Uh. Maybe like one one seventy five, maybe okay. A strong a strong one seventy five, if not that, a heavyweight. Okay. Yep. But well, there you have it. <laughs> but you know, Luis at the gym, he's in about that weight class. Yeah, he's I think. like one seventy five. Yeah, that's right about where he's at. The Luis big one seventy five. The big oh, Cuban guy. Well, I no, think he weighs he weighs one eighty two now. Yeah, he's, okay. he's come down to, to that weight. Yeah, when he oh. came to the gym, he was well over two hundred. But yeah, now, I've seen now them. yeah, I've seen them. now his weight's about 182. He was on the Cuban national team, so we've got three guys at the the gym who are from the Cuban national team. So I think that's pretty cool for you, you know, everybody in there to be able to get some rounds in with people that at least been boxing their whole life. Right. Okay. I love it. Well, well guys, thanks again for coming on. Thank you. We gotta do another one. Definitely. Another one, like DJ Khaled. Another one. I also want to thank everyone for tuning in. Of course, we'll have another episode of The Kelly Patrick Show out soon. Thank you.